Hey everybody, it's Emily from Get Offset, and uh, I'm coming at you before the intro today to introduce a content warning for this week's episode. Uh, in it, we talk about burger records and their predatory practices. Uh, so there are going to be uh, discussions about sexual assault, uh, statutory rape, um, soliciting minors for um, explicit photographs, uh, emotional abuse, um, and power structures and how things relate to that. There are also some swear words in here that I have not edited out uh, because I don't like to edit out swear words when there is, a, you know, it's a, when it's a serious discussion, uh, bleeps are funny and there's something funny about anything that's happening um, or has happened with Burger Records and other, especially indie rock performers who have um, preyed upon uh, young young girls. So uh, with that being said, uh, we're really proud of this week's episode. Um it's not as relevant as it was when we recorded it last week. Uh, Burger Records has completely dissolved. It no longer exists. No more rebrand. Uh, but everything else, I think, is still pretty, pretty applicable. So without further ado, uh, let's get into the episode. We completely understand if you uh, pass on this one based on some of the themes. But we especially hope that the men listening to this podcast will listen and understand the experiences that... Um, a lot of girls and young women go through. Thanks so much for listening and thanks for understanding. <laughs> Welcome to Get Offset. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And we're going to work out some feelings on the air today, apparently. There, there are... A lot of feelings to be had. Yeah, yeah um, we're recording this a little bit earlier in the week than we usually do, so I'm sure like a lot will have come out about everything we're going to talk about today. But yeah. we still wanted to talk about <laughs> it because, damn, can't not be talked about. Um, oh God, it has to be talked about. It's important. This, I mean, it, stuff like this is what when we started the show. Stuff like this is why we wanted to start it. I mean, this is behind a lot of what we're, what we care about, what we think needs to change for good, what we don't ever want to see again, what we don't think should be welcome this industry. And to see it start to like, see it start surfacing up again uh, and see more examples. Like, I'm glad that people are coming forward. Dear God, come forward. Like, that's huge. I'm not saying that that's easy, but it's huge. And people need to be ousted for this kind of stuff. But, I mean, it's easy to say, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. I know. I, I, I want yeah. to scream. I want to. We've, we've we've started at eighty miles an hour. I think we need to pull it back. All right. Let, okay. Let's pull it back. We're gonna go for uh, some ASMR. Are you ready for this? Yes. And that is the sound of me opening up a High West Double Rye whiskey. And what's the sound of you pouring it? Oh, let me move the mic real quick. Hang on a second. Here we go. Here we go. Could you hear that? I could. Can you hear this? I can. That's my um, lavender. I infused la um, some Bombay Sapphire with lavender from my garden. 
and uh, mix it with some bouquet from Withco Cocktails, which is a mixer. Nice. Yes, and uh, a smidge of lemon. That does sound lovely. Now, just to clarify, I, I'm not drinking my feelings. I know I'm a little upset, and I, I do have a rule that I don't normally drink when I'm upset. This is a uh, just a little splash, and I 100% recommend if you do drink to drink so responsibly. So I just wanted to get that out right up front. That's very important. Self-care is critical, especially these days. And don't give alcohol to minors at parties where you're an adult. That you want to have sexual relationships with. Just just in general. Just, just in general. Really not recommended. No. Okay. Not so uh, what's new with you, Andrew? <laughs> uh, um, wow. Uh, so what's new with me? Uh, I uh, just put an order for a couple more patch ends. So I'm going to finally get around to swapping out the expression pedal on my board build for nice. the PN2. Uh, so Ooh, very excited for that. Going to go right at the end of my wet signal chain, and I'm hyped. It's going to be some choppy goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yes. That is exactly where that pedal should be. You know, I, I really hope it works because I, I haven't plugged it in since I bought it from you. <laughs> it works. It works like every other pedal I've ever sold anybody. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to blow up my amp. <laughs> In case you're wondering what the hell, uh, I had sold a Fwonk Beta on Reverb and the guy got it. And he said it didn't work. And I was like, can you send a video of it not working? And he's yeah, like, I mean, no, we talked blow about up it. my amp. I know. We talked about it in the in the previous part. In case people didn't listen to the episode of The Clint, you know? Right, right. But uh, I got it back. I filmed the video. It works. <laughs> it works like perfectly. And now I don't think I want to sell it. Well, I mean, that's that's almost an ideal situation for a buyer's remorse is you just kind of hope that they uh, tell you that it's broken. That, that might yeah, be the I happiest. Got, I got my restocking fee and Reverb was really sweet and great. And I talked in the there's a video. Um, I filmed a video and I talk about how I think one of the reasons that people shouldn't be so upset about the 5% uh, selling fee that Reverb's moving to from three and a half is because it's insurance. It's like you're oh, buying, totally. you're paying, you're not just paying for like their marketplace, which you are, you're paying for their platform, which you are, you're paying for the insurance that the, the support team in Reverb is going to make whatever's wrong, right? Exactly. And I, I yeah. think there's definitely value there. And that is something I can cheers to. You ready for this one? Cheers. What did you just cheers against? Uh, the actual bottle. <laughs> <sighs> I just cheers on some pliers. That is way more badass. Yeah, I don't know why there are pliers on my desk. Um, I, I suppose you were plying something. Uh-huh. I was obviously removing a splinter. I don't know. You clicked a reply. Big splinter. Uh, you were trying to send an email and you clicked reply. And I actually actually clicked replier all. Replier all. Yep. Replier all. Uh, yeah, so that's cool. So excited for that, getting that from our good friends over at Sinusoid. Hi. They're the best. Love they them. really are. Um, I, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a fan and also grateful to be able to call them my friend as well. 
Just the whole company is your friend because corporations are people. Right. Corporations are people. I'm really glad that they're able to vote and influence uh, elections. And <laughs> that, that's a corporation. I would feel pretty comfortable voting in an election. Yeah. They're, they're few and far between. <laughs> uh, so I have some new things. Uh, you got famous and you're leaving me behind? No, not yet. Working okay. on it. You got like six but, months um, ago, I think. Yeah, I think you got about six months. Who knows what could happen in the rest of the year? Uh, no, so my uh, I had the Squire Supersonic from the Paranormal series that was released, and I since I kind of have you know not the most space, and my singer was curious about it. Um, she thought she might buy one. I loaned uh, mine to her, and she. She decided that she actually thinks she wants to get the Cyclone whenever whenever those come back. So I reached out to our friends at Lawler, um, put in an order. So I bought some of their Imperial Humbuckers. I uh, got a low wound in the neck, and I got the F-spacing for the bridge, which I like uh, liked the thought of. And I talked to our friend Sean at Gun Street Wiring, because uh, the supersonic traditionally has just two volume knobs, no tone. So I talked to Sean, I'm like, can I get master volume, master tone, and maybe split coils? Ooh. So That's I did. A... Yeah, I did that today. And oh my God. I went from really liking that guitar, but thinking it was a bit of a one trick pony sonically, to just, I love it. Now, I now love it's the it so much now. Course. It's a multi-trick horse, yes. It's a it's a jack of all trades. It sounds a lot better on cleans, which is important. And the clarity you get from the single coils and the and the push pull pots is just excellent. So uh, I have a video. If you're listening, this is the video is already out. G- give it a give it a gander. Again, if you will, it's it's quite I, lovely. I only did one thing wrong. I think that. I think I did something wrong, but I don't think it's a big deal. Like it's just uh, the the switch is backwards, but no big deal, no big deal. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say like the toggle switch. Yeah, I okay, think it's so... backwards originally on the supersonic too, or the, it's either that or the volume knobs are kind of opposite of what you'd expect. First time I swapped out pickups on a guitar ever was on an Epiphone SG. And I was like in high school. I remember swapping out the pickups. And you're like, cool. We're all good to go. And then I was like, Something was off with the wiring. I couldn't figure out what it was because I was, you know, a total noob. Um, and I, I like to are. say that I, I, I was, I like to say that I was a total noob. So we look past the fact that I still am absolutely amateur. But mm-hmm. was an am. It. it <laughs> I I put the uh, the, uh, the toggle switch leads in backwards. So I went to go flip down, and I was on the neck pickup. I'm like, what's going on? Um, yep. Where's yep, yep, all yep, my yep, treble? Yep. 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 <laughs> not that bass. No treble. My friend used to play bass for her. I'm not kidding. I I think that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Mo. I was oh, going to make guy. fun of that in in an instant. Made the calculation. Nope, that's actually I can respect that. He was also in an episode of um, what's such? This is us. And Glee, Aww. but as as pe- as a person in the band, it's always funny to like watch 
like Good Morning America or whatever, and Megan Trainer would be on it, I'd be like, he used to be my bassist. <laughs> my hero. He upgraded <laughs> quite a lot. <laughs> oh, but um, yeah. So it's really good. It's uh, I'm really digging it. And I, you know, can't wait to do more, do more stuff with that guitar. And also, I probably shouldn't even talk. I'm not going to talk about it, but you know, gigs will return when they return. Oh snap! Yeah, that is yeah. that is cryptic in the most delightfully tantalizing way. Yeah. Well, when I, I think it's confirmed, but. I just am not sure. Uh, supposedly my band will have a social distancing live stream gig on a rooftop in Seattle. That is some high class stuff. That'll be really fun. So it will, it, there won't be an audience. It'll just be like the video crew. And I, I watched a couple episodes of it already. And there's, there's, there's a distance being kept between the team and the band. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that, that, actually does happen and isn't just something that kind of disappears in the wind like the rest of our gigs since since basically uh the first weekend in march back in my day we played gigs in live venues <laughs> there were people there it was wonderful we they would dance sometimes phones. sometimes they would dance but sometimes they would just sit there with their their arms crossed and do the empathetic chicken that's when you kind of like Bop your head around, but only up and down and forward. There's just always this this one young lady at my shows that would just yell back to the bar, Hey, little buddy, where's my whiskey? <laughs> you did not at any point get me whiskey during that concert. I did several times. That's how I was getting back to the front. People were letting me by. I'm like, oh, I'm getting someone to drink. I'm getting someone to drink. Whole study fans are good about that. And they're like, oh, yeah, rock on, dude. Yeah, they're nice. Come on through. Except for that one guy. That one show. Um, there's always that one either. guy. It's uh -huh. not even worth bringing up that one guy. Don't make him famous. Come on. <laughs> Don't be that one guy. Don't be that one guy that everybody talks about, like knows who everyone else is talking about when they say that one guy. Oh, yeah, that guy. Ooh, what oh, a wreck. Gosh. Ugh. It's like my biggest fear is dying in some kind of way that people read about it in the newspaper and they go, Oh my God. But people who didn't know me, like a stranger will read the circumstances of my death and it will be like, Oh, and it'll give them nightmares or something. That's like, I don't want to die in a freak accident or anything that makes people go, Oh my God. Ohio woman. <laughs> Insert headline here. Oh my God. Yeah. There's a reason that that's not a thing. I was just talking with uh Okay, so I, I was on the phone with Albert from Sinusoid the other night, and we were chit-chatting. He was telling me about um, telling about one of his first jobs, and he he heroically saved a life. And he was what? telling me the epic story. I, I don't want to share too much detail on this, but it, ask ask. Are, Albert are you allowed it. to tell any about? Are you even allowed to mention any part of that? You know, he shared it with me in confidence, and I probably shouldn't say any more than I've already said, but he, he heroically saved life. And if you know anything about Albert, uh, you also know he's, he is a Florida man. He is from Florida. And I he's was like, a, he's a good kind of Florida man. And so, and Joe is a good kind of Florida lady. Oh, totally. Uh, I was like, dude, that's, these are the kinds of headlines that we need. Like Florida man saves life heroically. Well, I and read once that the reason that 
like Florida man became a meme basically is because there's like some weird law in Florida where like every crime that occurs gets published in some way that's a little bit more public than everyone else's like crime blotters. I, mean, I don't know if that's true. It's great entertainment value. I'm not going to lie about that. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's human. Human entertainment is pretty, pretty fun. Oh, totally. I mean, it's like, he did what to that gator? Oh, man. Hey, buddy. Good for him. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you could do that with sweet tea. Oh, my God. I don't want to know any more about the context of that. I, I There is no context. I'm just I'm throwing together phraseology here that just leaves it wide open for people's imagination. Well, my favorite, I think, was Florida couple arrested for selling tickets to heaven. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I didn't know they arrested Joel Osteen. Ooh, but I'm... Sh- wait, wait, wait. I have that sound effect. <laughs> He's in here. Oh, my God. I don't want to talk about the prosperity gospel or whatever. Uh, for yeah. now, friends, health, wealth. What's the third one? It's just health and wealth and prosperity. Oh, health, wealth, and prosperity. Whatever. Something like that. I don't know. Muppet looking. $25 will buy you three prayers. Uh, come on. Give me a break. Jeez, is he really? I don't know. I, I don't. I, <laughs> wow. We're just, we're just like in a mood. This is what happens when we record on weeknights, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, let, let's recap. We've gone through sexual predators, Florida man, and prosperity gospel preachers. Gosh, I think I think all we've got left is politics. I think politics. that's politics. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. And uh, I don't. I'll I'll just I. You know what? I'm not. I don't want to say anything about politics because you know that it, I'm going to. Uh, we're under a police. Well, we state haven't talked. Let's let's say we haven't talked about. Co- <laughs> oh gosh, we are just so close to where where the where the friggin' secret police is just randomly picking up protesters in portland and taking them in unmarked vehicles to unknown locations yeah telling I, people I, that if they tell, tell people they follow to find out where their friends being taken they're gonna get shot can't say i'm a fan I, i'm always you know i'm always really hesitant to make to draw comparisons to nazis because i have lived in germany and i visit dachau and uh and auschwitz and it, get, getting to see that in person and realize how beyond screwed up some of that was and like, wow, like it's just, it's a different level of perspective. And so I'm always really hesitant to kind of make that jump. And even I'm starting to go, I don't, I don't know, guys, the math doesn't Mm -hmm. add up on this very well. I don't like where this is going. I've always thought the first person to like make a Nazi or Hitler comparison in an argument just automatically lost that argument. But I can't say that anymore because now I'm like, ah, no, it's too close. It's too fascist. I, I mean, I, I'm not even. I'm so hesitant to, hesitant to make these jumps sometimes, and probably to a fault. But I, I, I'm more than willing to jump up and be like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, this is not cool. I don't like it." No, it's um, bad. It's this is not democratic. This is this is th- this is the kind of activity that we used to justify as reasons for why we are invading other nations. And so, right. where where how does that add up? And I don't think it does. But help us if you're listening outside of the United States. Help. 
Right. So here we go. We've already scared off tons of people who probably need to hear the message of what we're trying to actually talk about in this episode. Yeah, but- yeah that's true. Let's let's skip past. Let's get should we just like go ahead thank our sponsors for you know sponsoring our anti fascist messages? Yeah, why don't we go ahead and thank our sponsors because they do deserve thanking. Uh we don't, you know, just take things from other people for free. And <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> I'll start. I'll start with Gun Street Wiring. Go Ooh, for it. This week's episode of Get Offset is sponsored by Gun Street Wiring, based out of Portland, Oregon. Love you, Sean. Uh, Sean is the man behind the wiring kits and all of my modified guitars, and he helped me with the uh, the the supersonic wiring kit. He put that together for me. And he was so confident in my soldering abilities. He didn't even, I was talking to him after the build and I was like, how do you, how did, how do you get those itty bitty little solder points? Because it was really so much stuff in such a small space. And he's like, oh, a lot of practice. And then he, he said that, you know, I was, I was going to offer to like put the leads on so you wouldn't have to solder directly to the pots or anything. But, um, Last time I was in Portland, he took uh, another guitar that ha- my, my Starcaster, he took it after the show. There was something weird with it that ended up not even being a soldering issue, but it was just like an issue with, with the, a, a knob that I put on the pot. Uh, and he was really impressed with my soldering work. And he said, I'm just going to test her with this one and uh, didn't put any leads on it. And I did it just fine. I'm so proud of myself and I'm so grateful for Sean for having that level of confidence in, in my soldering. Yeah. I mean, it's no secret that you know how to play lead guitar. So naturally I think that just that, that, that skill set moves over really well. To soldering. Yes, absolutely. But um, Sean makes great things. He has a lot of stock wiring harnesses, uh, just basic improvement stuff, like better pots, better parts, or like you can do wild things. Like if you check out my video for the Squire Starcaster, I think he calls the Black Dog Wiring Harness. It turns both of my humbuckers into so- single coils. It'll do series. It'll do parallel. It'll do a kill switch. Like there's really, he can, he can, it's seemingly limitless what he can do. Will it make and me breakfast? Sonically limitless. <laughs> I mean, you can ask. Couldn't hurt. I mean, I'd be tempted to. I don't know. I'm just kind of hungry. I've been trying to eat less and uh, it's really difficult. Good gravy. Yeah, it is. It is. Hang it I is. said gravy. Now gravy sounds good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, then don't think about oranges either. Um, oranges? Oh, <laughs> I, I do like orange. Are, are Ooh, you about I to know. tell me about something orange? Because I think you I, need to tell us about something orange. My my spidey senses are going off that I need to talk about something orange. It's just it, it's time for me to evangelize to you about the color orange. So strap in, boys and girls. This is going Sweet to be a wild gravy. ride. What have I done? Stop saying gravy. Stop saying gravy. It's making you hungry. Anyways, Good orange, God. <laughs> orange, the color, not the fruit, uh, is the color of a certain fuzz pedal. Not just any fuzz pedal, but it's the Spun Loud Blister and Peel. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because you need to buy it. 
Now, why do you need to buy it? Now, that's an excellent question that I did not expect you to ask. Why you need to buy it is it's a dual fuzz pedal that's got a wickedly insane range of what it can do in terms of sounds, which means why would you need eight drive pedals if you've got something so versatile it can really compress down your – like seriously. And and I, I haven't even gotten to the orange part yet. Seriously. So if you if you can cut down the number of drive pedals you have on your mega board and still get the same range of sounds, I see that as a win. Second of all, as we've discussed previously – Here's the thing about Orange is the reason why 2020 is happening, and I'm just leaving that as open-ended as possible, is we – I tried to warn you guys as a prophet for the color Orange. I tried to warn you guys that if we didn't make Orange the – or make 2020 the year of Orange in the guitar industry, that things are going to go terrible. I said this at NAMM several times, and I got laughed at. And here we are. So do yourself a favor. Do the world a favor and do your tone a favor. And do the weight of your board a favor. Buy yourself a Spun Loud Blister and Peel today. It's available. It's very affordable, very reasonable. You get to support small You builder. have no idea how much it costs. <clears throat> so <laughs> Spun Loud is based out of uh, Seattle, Washington. And it's, it is a dual fuzz. It has a very wide range <laughs> on the, the blister side. It can basically go from a clean boost to an octave fuzz. And then the peel side is more of a traditional fuzz, and it has a tone knob. It's really slick. It's beautiful. And as Andrew mentioned, it's orange. But yes, it is also affordable. <laughs> I'm just teasing Andrew. Now he's feverishly going to the Spun Lamb website to look at the price of the blister and peel. Or not. He's muted. I don't know where he is. Sorry, the page said 404 not found, and I didn't know what to do with that information. Uh, I just kind of assumed it was I, – I admit I assumed it was affordable, and now I'm second-guessing myself. Um, let's look. Sorry, I'm chewing ice. $200. I was right. No, I'm seeing it for 165 165 My God. Well, that settles it. I think that settles it. I, if you don't buy this, I really think you have no excuse for why you that's haven't saved this beautiful mess. Yeah, that's extremely affordable. Oh, and it's got little rainbows inside of it. Oh, look at those little rainbows. Have you not opened yours up yet? Am I the only one? Like the first thing I do when I get a new pedal, and like I, I don't even plug it in. I just open it up and I look at the guts. Is that weird? The thing is, I usually no, it's not weird. I usually do that. I don't know why I haven't. But it's got little rainbows on the inside. It's beautiful. You're slacking. You're slacking on your game. I was also choking on some of my drink. All right, I'm better now. So, uh, are you um, fine? Do I, do I need to call the fire department? Or you would need to call Rick if, if I was actually just choking on something while listening. You would need to call my husband. Uh, and I, I hope that he answered. You know, I actually don't know if I have his number saved. Well, it's 555. <laughs> just kidding. Um, <clears throat> it's 401. Kidding again. Uh, yeah, so the topic's not a very fun topic this no, week. No, no. Um, um, so, Andrew, I got to ask, had you heard of Burger Records before this week? I admit I have not heard of Burger Records before this week. Being from California? But I guess it wasn't really your type of music. But Burger Records is an independent uh, record label 
in Los Angeles that has been, they have just been like the cool kids for, for so, so long. Some of the big uh, bands on their label include like, uh, shoot, Ty, Ty Seagal and the Gardens, one that my band uh, Sunday Crush likes a lot. Uh, the Growlers, the uh, Buttertones. Cosmonauts. <clears throat> I think Cherry Glazer. That sounds right. <clears throat> um, but I first became aware that something was very, very wrong when Clem from Cherry Glazer posted um, on her Instagram account about an incident she'd had with Sean Redman, the, the, I don't want to say an incident, uh, Sean Redman of the Buttertones, uh, I'm just going to put allegedly in front of everything. I believe Clem, obviously the band bullies Clem because Sean Redman got fired from the band, but, um, he, like, he was four, he was 20, she was 14 and, um, that's statutory rape. They had sex. Um, you can't legally have sex with a minor, so that's rape. Um, and that this was not the only incidence of this kind of behavior in in Burger Records, where uh, teenage girls especially are preyed upon <clears throat> um, for sex by these 20, 30 year olds in these, in these indie bands that have been signed to the label. And apparently it was just such a toxic culture that numerous allegations have been made against three, four, five. I've lost count at this point of the bands on the label, including the Buttertones, the Growlers. Um, And it's, it's horrifying and deeply sad how unsurprising it is that this still happens in these kinds of music scenes because teenagers especially and teenage girls among them, <clears throat> we turn, the, the, you turn to music at that age as a place of belonging. And when you think you're being accepted into the scene that means so much to you, like the music is your life, and these adult men who are in these bands that you listen to or attach to these bands that you listen to um, want your time. It's very flattering. And then when you realize that what they want is sex, it uh, it gets really scary really quickly. Um, and that seems to be something that was permissible at Burger Records and just permeated such a large part of that entire musical scene. Right. Right. And uh, so the, I opened up this episode kind of wanting to talk about culture and why we, why we do what we do. And uh, our whole goal and what we're doing here is, well, get offset is on one hand, a really kind of cheeky pun. The other side is there's a more serious side of what we're doing. And our goal is to offset the culture of the gear music industries uh, in a positive light. And, when we see stuff like this, it hits on a, a really deep level. Um, for me specifically, it hits on a level of, I studied to be a youth pastor for my uh, an undergrad when I studied theology, pastoral studies. Uh, I've got a huge place in my heart for teenagers and 
uh, how much they mean and to see this kind of stuff. Not only is this just flat out angering, but it's also it clicks that button of, well, what if, and what about all of the people that, what about the people who saw that and just said, okay, well, that's not my problem and moved on. It, it, they're to, reading through some of the accounts. And again, we're going to leave this wide open to allegations, but of course I believe these allegations because people don't make this stuff up. And you start reading through all this and you start getting a, a more of a picture of how pervasive this culture got to be. Uh, and this isn't necessarily a unique story either. I mean, this is, when this no, kind of, I mean, this, this happened, kind of this kind of, I remember being young, Andrew, I remember being a young girl when emo was huge and those big emo bands at the time, they were preying on, on young girls. They were uh, Skyping, having video chats with these young girls, asking them to take their tops off. And if, if, if the singer in your favorite band of all time is asking you to take off your top, I mean, you, you might do it if you don't want to do it you because you don't want to lose that relationship that you have, that friendship with the person and you're young, you're right. inexperienced, you're scared. It's, it's always happened. And it's painful to me that it's still happening. Oh, totally. And in those instances, I mean, 1000%, there's so much power dynamic that, the the people conducting themselves are fully aware of they're capitalizing on it for selfish gain uh it's not some sort of an innocent consensual sort of manner but more so i'm trying to speak to is just the greater culture of regardless of whether everybody participated in it everybody in that scene who knew about it is complicit and i'm not look i get it it sucks to have to call out your fellow dudes and you're like hey like how old was that girl, man? Like what's going on? Like, I get that that's not a fun conversation, but you've got to have that conversation. There's, this is long-term consequences for this kind of stuff for, for victims of statutory rape. And it, I, it kills me thinking about how this, the, the possibility of this could have been avoided. If you've got more people in the scene that were willing to step and step up and say, absolutely not. Because to a degree, as much as I have faith in humanity, there's going to be uh, predators in every scene to, to a degree. It's whether or not once they're discovered, how that's, how that's handled. And if the way yeah. to handle it is, Hey, we're selling records. So you know what? We're just going to, Let's not talk about that too much. We'll just keep your problem under control and call it a day. That's yeah. that's so insidious, and that's the thing is it's like honestly it's almost, just as bad. It's almost like they were just looking to see how long they could make innuendo about it. I mean these 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 are bands where the singers take to Twitter and they joke about all the jailbait at their shows and they use words like jailbait and there are always teenage girls around and you have to wonder what does a 24 year old dude want to do with teenage girls? They're like, I don't want to say that young men should never take talented young women under their wing and help them and coach them and mentor them. But I don't <laughs> – you should never try to date them. You should never try to sleep with them. You should always make sure it's not just the two of you in the room, not for your own protection, but for her protection. Like, guys, don't do this. Do not sleep with girls who are in high school if you're not also in high school. 
end of discussion. You have no business doing that. You have no business having teenage girls at your parties, giving them alcohol, asking them to take their tops off, doing these things because every ask is just like a how far out of this girl's comfort zone is she going to get? At what point is she going to stop? Is she going to turn down the drink I give her? Then you're not going to not going to hang out with her anymore. Is she not going to flash the entire room because you asked her to? She's not going to work out. And it's just, it keeps escalating because these young girls want you to think that they're cool because that's all any of us want as teenagers. It's for the adults that we want to be and the adults that we want to be around to think we're cool. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's so much of a power manipulative dynamic that it's insidious. It's disgusting. It's completely unacceptable. It's something that I want to see comp- all of the oxygen in the room that allows for this to thrive in any of the scenes. I want that to be sucked out and I want this to no longer be able to thrive in any scene, whether it be the indie scene, the pop punk scene where it's had its fair share of ugly uh, ugly issues rear up. R R and B with R Kelly. Every exactly. scene, every and, and single so, one. It, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's every scene in one way or the other ends up inevitably having some of this crop up, and it didn't get to that point because people didn't know about it. It got to that point because people knew and didn't say something. So, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, I remember a few years ago that. Um, I don't want. Should I name? Should I name a name? I mean, it's it's been public-ish. I mean, sure. I don't know. Hutch Harris from the Thermals was tweeting multiple times over the course of years to Thermals Twitter, calling young girls at shows jailbait, and that is some like red flag language. You want to, fellas? You want to know how to tell which of your friends is a pedophile? Because that's what you are if you sleep with a minor. You, uh, if they are using phrases like jailbait is one of them, dudes. Like, ask them why they're saying that. At, quiz people on why they're using this weird, gross language. Why are you sexualizing children? Clem was 14 years old when Sean started having sex with her, raping her. It, I, I, that's... That's, that's, God, that's so upsetting. I can't, when I was 14, like, I wasn't ready for that. I don't think most people who are 14 are ready for that with boys their own age. It's not right. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many, so many layers to unpack. Um, I don't know, I think my, my big takeaway looking back on, um, some of the accounts that are coming forward is uh, wanting to encourage everybody. I know looking at the the breakdown of our listenership uh, and our followership across our platforms and uh, knowing that we, uh, as far as gear platforms go, that we've got a relatively high number of women that listen, but we also have an overwhelmingly large amount of men. And to take a, a quick sidebar and speak to the men, like, dude, you see this? You speak up. 
It's going to do way less damage to you if you lose a friend, if you lose a business connection, if if you lose a record deal, it's going to do way less damage to you. All of that pales in comparison to the level of trauma when someone is is raped under in any situation. That's not even that shouldn't be a calculation in your head. You're like, oh, well, what about me, dude? Let don't worry about that. The scene will see that what you're you're doing. And you'll find some support. If you're not finding support where you're at, you're in the wrong spot. So if that you gotta stop making that your calculation. You gotta speak up. Stop letting other dudes get away with this shit. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Because you're the reason like guys, you're the reason this can happen. Cause you cannot blame the victims. Because I could sit here and I could repeat the things that I was told when I was a young girl about these things. Things like don't go to parties where there are adults. Don't drink. If you do drink, don't get drunk. Don't put yourself in these situations that that's such crap. I mean, it's because it's, you cannot blame the victim in the same way that you can't blame. <laughs> I, that would get, that would get too political. I'm not going to do that. Um, you can't blame the people who don't have the power. And that happens a lot in our society. We want to blame people who don't have the power for some reason because they're easy scapegoats. And when you tell girls that they should do this and this and this to protect themselves, it only, and yeah, you should be aware. You should know that there are predators out there. You should be wary of, of, of strange adult men offering you beer. Like, yeah, you should be wary of those things, but if something happens to you, it's not your fault. The only person to blame is is the person who hurt you. And you can also, for the record, you can blame their friends who let it happen, who knew it was happening. Like, do, do you know that guy who calls teenage girls jailbait, who always talks about how hot 14-year-old girls are, who doesn't ask young-looking women how old they are, who who invites teenage girls to parties and gives them alcohol? Um you gotta, you gotta keep an eye on that friend because something, something bad could happen. It has the potential well, to get could, there. That could, will. That's it not a will. could statement. It, that, that is a very much, it will happen. If you don't stop it. <laughs> right. If you don't, and, if you don't, if you don't sit down your friend and say, this is not okay. We as a culture do not condone this. You like, cause if, if that, if this person like, cuts you off and cuts you out of their life and you lose like a couple opportunities because of it, you still did the right thing. And that's also not your fault. That's the bad person's fault that those bad things happen to you because they're such a bad person. They don't want to confront their own failures as an adult human. Right. Right. So, and I think that's, that's, that's definitely the message I want to, Want to uh, anyone listening to this? That's the message I want to take away: is for those implicit, you've got a responsibility. Or for those who are complicit, you have a responsibility to speak up. And another another wrinkle and something to consider is if if it, if you're in you're listening to this and you're in a position where you're like should I say something? You're still doing the math on this, thinking about whose responsibility it is to speak up. Let me just. I'm going to give you a little bit more information to work with if this is something that you're trying to calculate out is for read through accounts of sexual survivors, uh, sexual assault survivors. And when you start reading through and the the question will inevitably come up from people is like, why didn't you say something sooner? 
because frequently people don't speak about these things for years and even decades. And you start listen to those stories and you start to realize that it's not so simple as, oh, I got raped. I should say something. It's not, it, it feels like it's so cut and dry from the perspective of a man who can – if someone disrespects me, I can punch him in the face, assuming that we're not in a time where we got social distancing. But like if someone like was talking to my face and saying some disrespectful things at a bar or whatever, it would be fair game for me to knock them on the floor. That's relatively acceptable. That's not the power dynamic that we're talking about, though, with women and sexual assault survivors. So let's reframe that conversation for for how we're considering what that looks like to just come forward and recognize that that's not so simple. And realistically, and I mean, and it's so I mean, much power, easier power, for you to be the one to speak up. Power isn't just physical power. I mean, having power over somebody can – like this is why – also if you're in a band, you shouldn't date a fan because there's going to be a bad power dynamic that's always going to secretly be there. It's an, often a dynamic for, for people in relationships where one person makes a lot of money and one person doesn't make any money or one person's a lot older than the other person. Um, or just uh, there are lots of other factors that can create unacceptable power differences within a relationship. It's the reason uh, if you're if you're someone's manager, you're not really supposed to date them or they can't still be your employee. They may have to change their roles in the company or you have to sign some waivers because there's going to be that power dynamic. And what Andrew just said about physical power is true enough. Um, I mean, I think the number one rule of like being a woman who takes boxing lessons, who can throw a punch, who's been hit, um, never throw a punch without fully expecting to get punched back and the amount of hurt I can put on a, on a person pales in comparison to the amount of hurt, just like even like an average sized man can put on a person. Right. And I, I, you know, I, I did bring up like the physical thing and I, not like I've had any experience with like decking someone in a bar. It's not (laughs) something I've actually done just before you guys get any wild, uh, wild visions of me like, say that to my face. Throwing the punch is a last resort, dude. Um, so, I mean, that's not the kind of guy that I am, but the, the I, less so with the physical, but more so of the, it seems like a much more clear cut calculation of, oh, this person just did this to me and I'm not going to stand for it. And as a, as a white dude, that just seems like a pretty straightforward calculation because I'm not, I'm not, worried about the fallout I'm going to get from that. That's not a calculation in my head. The calculation starts and ends with someone wronged me and I'm going to do something about it. That, that, that is the calculation. And that there's, there's a absolute privilege in being able to just kind of make that calculation, not worry about how that affects my career, not worry about how that affects my relationships nearly to the same extent that it would be if, uh, I mean, you see sexual assault survivors will come forward and if it, it's frequently a family member and they'll be like, well, why didn't you say something sooner? It's like, well, then my family might not have believed me. I might've mm-hmm. gotten distance from a lot of people I love and care about. And a lot of the people that I consider to be my, my immediate support network, I can't afford to alienate them. And that's just the exact same thing that happens when women um, who are in music scenes like this report what happened or tell somebody else what happened, they get shut down and they risk, ruining the 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 because having a career in music is already so like iffy that if you even st- start to make progress in it and then you do something that could 
potentially completely alienate you from your entire social circle, that's your entire professional network also. And you can get right. I mean, look at like, look at the case happen? of look at the case of how Ryan Adams as a, as a sexual predator acted, and mm-hmm. the stories that have come th- forward through that and realizing the power dynamic of how that impacts the lives of survivors, uh, the lives of survivors. I apologize for mispronouncing that. Uh, I mean, that's my my point in all of this. It's it's not the same calculation. And so to 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 my fellow men, look, I. I You've got to engage a little bit of empathy here for just a moment. Understand that the calculations that you and I are having in these kinds of situations, are it's not the same thing at all. It really isn't. And I I wish there was a way for – I wish there was a way for me to phrase that in a more like straightforward like, dude, that's not how it works. Uh, And so I'm just going to say it. That's not how this works. (laughs) We very different lives from our female counterparts and uh, female not um, and uh, non-binary. Uh, all basically anyone who's not a white male. I mean, there's a different male. Yeah. Thank you. I my brain's. Oh, it's fine. I get it. I, I'm I running with a lot of emotion right now. <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh, and it, it's not. It's not the same. We're not playing with the same deck of cards. We're not. We're not. I mean, insert sports metaphor here because I'm, I'll be stereotypical man for a moment. Uh, it, it's not the same thing. So let's engage some of our empathy here. I know we're capable of it. Recognize the power that we have in these situations to make a meaningful difference and to be able to stop allowing cultures like this to to live out and thrive in any sense of the matter. And the more I'm reading through the accounts of Burger Records specifically in this particular case is it did thrive. There, oh, wasn't right. anything, there wasn't anything stopping them. There wasn't any and checks the guys and balances. In the, and the guys at the head of the label, they're like, oh, we had no idea. We weren't policing it. And on one hand, you're like, well, I know they don't even have like contracts with their bands, so maybe. And then you read a freaking article from from on Vice from like, uh, what year was this? T- 2013, where one of the questions was, Hey Lee, Lee being one of the founders, how old was that girl you had sex with in my basement? Lee, um, brackets, extremely long pause. I don't know. Interviewer response, good answer. Lee, she was legal. She had a mohawk. Brackets, laughter. They think it's funny. They think it's funny to 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 do this to young girls they think it's funny to rape young girls this is what this is what this is these are the this is the founder of this label seven years ago joking about raping having sex with a minor it's and to call her legal is weird and gross too for the record and that he didn't oh, know yeah. referring yeah. to someone by their legality in invariably any scenario um not not great. I'm not a fan. Really can't say I recommend that move. Um, but I, I don't believe for a second after briefly reading through some of the allegations on the table that every dude in that scene didn't really know what was going on. Like maybe some of the newer bands that have been signed on and um, are based out of other cities and they're just kind of the record labels, their means of distribution and marketing. Fine. Dude, I, I, I don't know. Some of these bands like worked with Mac DeMarco, knowing that he essentially filmed 
uh, amateur porn in front of a bunch of minors. This is a guy who plays shows and invite minors back to his home. He get them drunk. He himself or get drunk. And I remember this, the story is that one of his friends got so drunk, he just started masturbating on the sofa in front of a bunch of teenagers and Mac DeMarco filmed it. There's pictures of this, this event happening. Yeah. Again, not great. I, I'm no, making a real bad. Brief, I'm making a very brief allowance that there might be a handful of people in the scene that didn't know, but let's be honest. By and large, most of the folks in the scene had to have known to some degree or another, whether or not they witnessed it themselves or if they heard people joke about it, or there's a level of kind of just accepting things are the way they are that had to have happened to allow this to thrive. And that's that's where I start to go. That's 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 really problematic. I'm not yeah. okay with that. No. Nor should you be. Nobody should be. Like let's let's normalize uh men calling out men for for making jokes about girls in oh, sexual agreed. ways. Let's just normalize saying what did you just say? Or my personal favorite is what does that mean? What do you mean by that? Right, asking the question what does that mean? Uh, uh, clarifying questions and just leaving the ball in their court and not being okay with it. I don't know, man. I was just joking around and not accepting that as an answer. I think little things that you can do like that make a huge difference in making sure predators don't feel comfortable to carry on, making sure that predators get outed. And if you're responding in that way, I think there's also the, the higher likelihood that that person will back down from it and maybe think a little bit. Like, why, why is that funny? Why is raping minors, children, funny? It's not funny. It's not. That's... <sighs> yeah, I'm uh, running. I'm running out of words. I... I... Yeah. <sighs> I'm glad this... that... I'm, bl- I'm very glad that Burger Records passed on my band. I actually... I'm so glad. <laughs> All of, reading through all of this brings out a very deep level of emotion that I don't necessarily feel on a day to day basis. There's, and I, far, it's not. I'm not trying to make the point that my emotions right now are important, um, but there's a level of grief that I that I'm feeling empathetically for victims. There's a level of righteous anger that I'm feeling against predators and. Um, you know, there, there's this one thing I'm, I'm going to get slightly religious for just a moment here. There's, there is a passage in the new Testament that talks about, uh, those who lead young people astray, you know, teenagers included, uh, that it's better for them to tie a millstone around their neck and have them dragged to the bottom of the sea. And that's something that in my studies that's of new Testament. Yeah. Whoa, that's pretty heavy oh, yeah. metal for the New Testament. That's some like, yeah, dude, don't screw up the children. That's not okay. We're supposed we're supposed to be taking care of the vulnerable. That's part of this whole deal. Yeah. And that's something that as I studied to be a youth pastor at one point in time, that really stuck with me as trying to understand the responsibility that comes with that. And whether or not you like what the church is doing, there's a level of under collective understanding that you've got to take care of the youth. You've got to take care of young adults. They are vulnerable people. And that collective recognition uh, is 
is not anything new. This isn't news. Yeah. No, this has always happened. People have always been aware of it. Um, I just, can I read a tweet really quickly? Yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, at Mike underscore Whitaker. Uh, I asked my friend once who used to book all ages punk shows if he ever missed it, and he said, "Quote: I regret ever creating an environment where thirty-year-old men and sixteen-year-old girls were ever together without adult supervision." End quote. Uh, yeah, no, the, these 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 types of shows need they need to be separated, and I really feel bad saying that they need to be separated, or there needs to be supervision in the room, in all the spaces. Like, kids cannot... You have to supervise for alcohol. You have to supervise... And I've played all-ages shows and all-ages venues, and I'm a 30-year-old woman. And, like, you don't you don't sneak booze into them. You don't. Well, you should Right, right. I mean, there's, there's a level of responsibility that venue owners have. There's a responsibility that record labels have to keep tabs on the behavior of their bands. There's a, a responsibility that all band members and support staff need to have... A, this, this is where I'm looking at it from a perspective of it doesn't matter if only three or four people are doing it, which to be clear, in this case, it sounds like there's way more involved. But It's a lot. It's like a shocking amount. It's like it, th- this is probably people who wouldn't have done this otherwise if they weren't in an environment that fostered it. Exactly. And it's about that environment that's fostering it. I want that status quo to change. I want it to be a relic of the past. I want it gone. I want, you know, it, it, all ages shows are great. They get the idea of inclusivity and getting people excited about music from a young age and understanding how powerful music can be. I think those are pure and wonderful things to have, mm-hmm. but they've got to be done in a responsible manner in a way that we're protecting people who are re- and recognized by the law, by, by a whole wide range of folks that th- these are vulnerable people that are, that you're looking at and going, you're, well, you're not. It's very possible that you're going to make some bad decisions if no one's around to help you guide you through that. Yeah, I mean, these girls can look like adults, but they do not have the life experience that a grown woman has, and they don't have that perspective on the place of the world. And I think part there's there's a couple of reasons, and I and I, I think that part of it is that uh, teenage girls they don't have that life experience to recognize abusive situations. Or have the confidence to do anything about it if they did. Um, and they probably don't feel comfortable talking to their parents about stuff they shouldn't, they quote, shouldn't have been doing. Um, so I think that's one of the things that like these, these men, cause of what comes down to is they're all, they're abusive men. They're abusing these girls. And I think they probably have a lot, of, a lot of trouble finding, you know, a woman their own age to abuse because those women, are probably they have more experience to compare it to they can talk more openly with their friends and loved ones about what's happening in their lives it's just such a different dynamic and that's the reason that like, i'm so glad that when uh, a college guy asked me on a date when i was in high school that my mom didn't let me go i'm glad she was right i that was dumb i don't know what i was thinking i thought oh he's fine he's kind of nerdy or whatever i'm like what does a 19 year old guy want anything to do with me i'm in high school so go go mom for that one um yeah god it's just there's a reason that these predators are preying on young girls and it's because these young girls have a lot less they can do or feel comfortable doing about it well um 
Yeah, I don't know if there's anything more for me to say at this point. Um, Can we talk about what Burger Records is trying to do to quote rectify the situation? Because it's kind of it's 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 funny and it's so bad it's funny kind of way. Have you, you heard know, about any of it? I you know I've been following a little bit of it, and I think we're recording this episode better part of a the week lot ahead. Of change. A lot's going to really change. Just I want to talk about it. I just, can you, will you let me, will you let me say the things? <laughs> I will, I will let you say the things with a caveat that the likelihood of this changing by the time this, uh, this episode drops is, is high. Okay. But because I got to talk about why it's dumb and why it's a bad idea. So even if it does okay. change, I just want it to be cemented. Well, they hired a PR lady to switch things around. And so far, what is, cause I've always said behind every terrible man, there's a woman who's protecting him, who's worse. Because that seems to be the case. There's either a victim or a woman protecting him who's worse. Yes, that's just how I feel. It seems to generally be the case. There are exceptions. That's my caveat. She's changing the name to from Burger Records to BRGR Rex, R-E-C-S, and they're creating an all-lady label called Burgirl, which is laughable and bad. It's almost like, it's like there's a tweet I saw like burger records this is our record label for artists and this is our record label for lady artists nobody wants this woman speaking we don't want that we don't want to be the woman band we want to be the band a band even not you know, the band, a band right it it's kind of funny I, I imagine looking it's at so it from. It's so excited. It's funny. It's so it's so weird. Well, what is she so, thinking? You know, I, the older I get, the less likely I am to jump to people like uh, executives like this are uh, PR people. They're not dumb. They didn't get to where they are by having half a brain. So the question is not why the how laughable this is. The question is what is that accomplishing? And immediately, what comes to mind is all of a sudden. Google searches for burger records are flooded with all of the accounts of sexual predation and abuse. You change the name just a little bit. So you're still retaining your fan base, but you're confusing what you're getting out of web searches and you're mixing it all up across several different search terms. Yeah. And well that, now every time someone looks for burger records, they'll find burger records, burger Rex, formerly burger records. Let's not let them accomplish whatever they're trying to accomplish. Right. I mean, I, I don't like that. I don't, I think it's a half-hearted attempt. I don't, I, I've yet to see anything from the label that's a serious attempt at trying to rectify and undo the level of uh, the, the ability that that culture created to allow these predators to, to survive. So I guess the question becomes, at what point do you say this is a lost cause? There's no amount of rebranding that's going to make up for this. This culture just needs to die a full death and let the other record labels in the industry take over because mm. at a certain point like it's broke and i'm not sure it can be fixed because it's by the time you fire everybody involved uh which is we've discussed it has got to include the people who are complicit just kind of kept their mouths shut uh what's left honestly what in the world do you have left that's of any value aside from a fan base attached to an arbitrary brand name i don't know that you're already changing. So I I don't know. I, I don't know. I, obviously, there's some answer in terms of intellectual property distribution network. There's there's things – there's value that labels bring to the table that don't get 
created this overnight. Label, this label doesn't even have a contract with their artists. They're nothing more than like some guys who made some decisions about which bands they wanted to release music for that turned out to be bands that people wanted to listen to. And half of that is timing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You don't get to you don't get to name recognition like that without doing something right business wise. And I'm sure that there's some sort of a business value. Otherwise, they would have just shut things down and started a different label. So they're trying to retain some of the value that they've built. I it makes sense from a pure cold-hearted business perspective. I get that. But the question I've got is at what point do we all collectively say, "Nah, dog." Just let it die. We're this done. one. This is the point. <laughs> one. I, I, the, the point is one assaulted miner. One assaulted miner is one too many assaulted miners. Throw out the whole bathwater and the baby with it. Do it. End well, the of baby, list. The baby's already been assaulted. So yeah. The, oh, <sighs> poor baby. I just like so. If you're if you're a young girl who's experienced this. If, if there's just just no just please understand that like you can say no to these guys when you get to be an adult also right, trust right. me you're not you're not missing out you're not missing out just know that you're not missing out as much as you feel like you're missing out and in that if something terrible happens to you it is not your fault it is one person's fault and that person is not you it's not you i promise you that and Please reach out to someone that you can trust, whoever that is. Hell, if it's us, like, cool, awesome, dope, I anything. But know that it's not your fault. And if this happened to you when you were 15, 16, 17, it wasn't your fault then. Like, it's there There are always going to be men who are predators. And there are, it's just what are, what are the, what are, is the community going to do? to deplatform those people and what are the people in that person's life going to do to grab this person by the shoulder shake them and say you are being a predator you need to think about your life choices and you need to change them because i feel like 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 i said like i just don't think that it would be this widespread at burger records if there wasn't a culture that approved of it and that fostered it and that let it happen time after time after time and made it okay. Even made it something that was like bragging rights. There is no way if you take away someone's ability to feel safe doing these things that victimize others, they're not going to do them. So yeah, educate these fools. Yep. There's one last talking point I want to bring up ever so briefly. It's a very brief soapbox, so please, please bear with me. There's all the soapboxes this episode. It's an important, it's an important conversation that needs to be had. It's an important conversation. I think this conversation is important because I know that there are other sects of this industry that are experiencing this similar levels of just general acceptability around this kind of behavior. And there's people involved in that going, should I say something? And I think they need to hear this. I think they need to hear this. And I think they they do need to say something. And this is part of us collectively saying, standing up and saying, this isn't okay. Now, the thing that I wanted to bring up ever so briefly, and I don't want to dig in and share my whole thesis on this, but the, the concept of 
oh, well, this is just cancel culture. And there's this notion of trying to dismiss people, trying to shut down platforms because of bad behavior as saying it's just cancel culture. And I don't want to dig in too deep into that other than to say in this particular instance, if that's what your response is going to be over statutory rape, go home, rethink your life because I'm sorry that this is not the gray area you think it is. This is not cancel culture. This is those people need to be locked up in jail. They need to be put on a sex offender list. They need to not be allowed school near schools. I mean, this is that level of this is what people get. This is what death penalty advocates are willing to say that like, yeah, this is one of the things we want people to be executed for. So there, there's really no level of this is just cancel culture. No, this, if, if this isn't a moral high ground that you're willing to jump in on, come on. Seriously, come on! You you really need to take a step back. Uh, this and is this is like one of the easiest okay things. To, this is one of the easiest lines in the sand. We're, we're giving you a soft pitch here. Like if you're going to cancel yeah. anything, this, this is something you cancel. Like come on, yeah. So. This is this is this is really underhanded. Like come on, you should you should. <laughs> the bar is on the ground, guys. <laughs> right, it's on right. the ground. It's it it's. Don't ask teenagers to flash you. Don't try to rape them. You know, I know you think you're doing something else, but like someone came for. So if if you if you want to know more about this whole saga, uh, I think the Instagram handle is at Lured by Burger Records. Uh, just search for that, that on Instagram. That is one of, there's a couple of different ones that's floating around, one. but that's the one that that's I've been following myself. Yeah, that's the one that I think most people are sharing their own stories with, including an intern who he says that when he was working there as an, an adult man, uh, the people at the label encouraged him to hit on teenagers by giving them free merch. So yeah, it was a culture. It was an entire culture. Um, so check out that. Uh, scroll through Twitter if you're brave. Um, but these stories will haunt you. They're bad and there are a lot of them. And this is not a rare case this is not an exception i mean how how successful was r kelly for how long raping raping teenage girls marrying them trying to so um yeah you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna have to re-record a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode i just realized that i need to do that yeah i realized the beginning that that probably should have been how we open things up and we'll, we'll definitely edit that back in um, yeah, I'll, I'll, there, if you're listening, you heard, you heard my intro. So, um, yeah. So, and, and if, and if you're the kind of person who doesn't think that content warnings belong in front of, in front of conversations like this, I don't know what to tell you. I don't think you understand. You just right. don't understand being. PTSD is not delegated to only war vets. That's not how that works. It's no, still very powerful. I've got several war vets in my family and my friend circles that have PTSD. And it's tragic and I get it, but it's, it's not just war. Sexual assault survivors experience that. So yeah. let's all collectively engage our empathy. It's not, it's not something you get over. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to ask every, everybody to have a, a dash of empathy here throughout this entire episode, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of, that's kind of my summation here. And also cancel culture is the new satanic panic. <laughs> it's funny. Sorry, I, I, would I, needed, take, I would take a take card for that one. I, I needed I needed a laugh after all of this. Uh, <laughs> if ever so brief. 
Um, oh my it's God. a lot to process. It really, it, it's a lot to process. It's a lot to take in. And uh, if you had to listen to this episode, multiple chunks, I get it. Break it up a yeah. little bit. Um, Thanks for listening at all. Yeah. It, I think we can say with, not that we've been insincere in the past, but with more sincerity than ever before, thank you for listening and thank you for understanding. Until next time, I'm Emily. And I'm Andrew. And that's Michelle. Goodbye. Bye.